Hi, my name's Matt, and this is a podcast about life after the coronavirus vaccine. Welcome to episode 23. That's it. That's this week's episode. That one sound. Where to even start? I'm exhausted. That's a good place to start. I'm exhausted this week, honestly. And in my head, I had this great episode all planned out. I would open with Monday night's Downing Street press conference announcing the end of all restrictions on July 19th and then I would follow up with some coherent, comforting and heartfelt reflections from that night. And again, following up in the days after as I mulled over and got reactions from different places. But that's all out of the window, honestly. I don't know if I have any coherent thoughts. I feel like I can barely string a sentence together. My head is all over the place, honestly. And that's not all bad, you know, it's just a lot. But I've promised myself here on Friday night as I prepare for recording that I'm going to sit myself down and try to sort through the piles of thoughts and emotions and try to make some sense out of this week if I can. So this is my attempt at making sense of this week, starting with Monday night. And let's go straight over to Downing Street, uh, where the Prime Minister is about to start the briefing. Good afternoon. Thank you very much for joining us. Today I want to set out what our lives would be like from the 19th of this month, which is only a few days away, if and when we move to step four, a decision uh, we will finally take on It's around 6pm on Monday the 5th of July. The familiar Downing Street press conference has just come to a close. It's official, well, nearly, that all restrictions in England will end on July 19th. That's subject to a confirmation next week, but that feels more of a formality than a real decision. If you had only heard the part of the announcement where all legal restrictions are announced as ending and all the freedoms returning, then you would be fairly well convinced that we have reached the end of this pandemic. On the other hand, if you had heard only the scientific analysis in that very same briefing that cases are high, hospitalizations are low but growing and that the autumn and winter will be very difficult, then you would not be wrong in thinking that this pandemic is far from over. In the words of the same Prime Minister who told us that in two weeks' time you can throw away your mask, this is not the end. If that feels confusing to you, then I don't think you're alone in that feeling. I am with you. That was Monday night. And here, now, at the end of the week, I still can't really make sense of it. Every thought or feeling sparks another and another and another. And it's like this huge, overwhelming cascade until they all become white noise and it's almost like silence again. Just zooming out for a moment, I have to say that my ability to see that unfolding 
and to step back from it is a mental skill I've been working on with mindfulness and I think it's paying off. It's not like the thoughts aren't there, but I'm not constantly chasing them down and being carried away by them so much. That is a little piece of progress, I suppose. And in that watching, I'm starting to see some patterns to my thoughts. Here's the first. I'm tired of it all. Aren't we all so tired of this all? And I'm finding, thinking about the pandemic, talking about the pandemic, planning for work and life and the future around the pandemic, just entirely exhausting and frankly dull. As I speak, I feel like I'm boring myself. Of the past few episodes, the thing I have perhaps enjoyed most is that they've barely been about COVID at all. It felt glorious. So yes, I'm tired of this. I'm so tired of talking about it, so tired of thinking about it. So I get it. I get the frustration to get rid of the rules, to throw off the restrictions and just let live. I feel it. I really, really feel it. But just wishing it away won't make it go away. Just wishing for the end won't make it the end. It is, I will admit, an impressive skill to be able to announce the removal of restrictions yet somehow make the possibility of greater freedom feel less possible. That is what it felt like happened on Monday night. It feels like the UK government employed the writers of Game of Thrones to write the ending to our pandemic. It's just not good. It's not satisfying at all. This was not how it was supposed to be. Here's the second theme I think I see in my thoughts, and it's one of the reasons why I think this week has been so hard to properly get my head around. I hate to be seen as weak or incapable. Maybe it's because I'm the middle child. Maybe because I'm a Virgo. Maybe it's part of my personality or just an inflated ego. Maybe it's some combination of all of the above. But I hate having to ask for help. And despite my immunosuppressant medication, meaning I've been on the shielding list in the past stages of this pandemic, I've hardly ever felt like I've had to ask for help or felt weak. In fact, I, like, I've, I've had to be strong to do what everyone else has been asked to do, but more. But this new phase feels different. We're told it's time for us to take personal responsibility as if we'd not been doing so already. We are told we must act carefully and cautiously as if it were only the legal obligations placed upon us that were the cause of our caution to this point. We are told that legal restrictions must end now, else they may never end because winter will be worse when we know that it would be quite reasonable and practical to continue keeping some protections in place. Because the government does more than make laws. It plays a crucial role in building collective responsibility and solidarity. Some things could easily stay. Face masks on transport and enclosed spaces feel so obvious. But also as as restrictions ease, other things are needed to help us to make better choices. 
If restaurants can have food hygiene ratings, then why can't venues have COVID hygiene ratings? Why can't we have scientific advice for when and where to practice other cautions based on levels of transmission and seasonal factors? It could even be built into the guidance for things like face masks in public. I was reading a piece from Blood Cancer UK about how the removal of things like face masks don't give freedom to the many people who undergo cancer treatment or with immune disorders. Instead, it feels like freedoms are being taken away. I feel like I'm being made weaker because I'm having to ask to be a special case rather than others speaking up on behalf of us all to say, let's stay in this together. The final theme to my thoughts is this. Whilst the jokes come very easily, I have had to find some sanity in listening to sensible, practical advice. There are so many inconsistencies in the English approach, so many obvious glaring omissions, so much blatant abdication of responsibility. Sarcasm just writes itself and there has been plenty of it. It feels at least a little cathartic to share those moments with friends, but I'm not going to indulge so much of that here. Instead, let's try to end on some sanity. I remember in episode 15 reflecting on how much weight the protection of vaccination will take and it feels like we still don't have the full answer to that question but we do get an emerging confidence that in time vaccines will take the weight we need them to. The next few weeks and months might be a bit of a mess while we get there but it is coming. I've also taken comfort in finding out that yes, face masks do two things, protecting others and ourselves. But in particular, there is evidence to suggest that the protection to yourself is actually pretty solid, depending on the mask type and other factors. And so keeping on wearing one in shops and other places is not a total waste of time, even if others are ready to throw them away. And just this evening... I read the Public Health England research that shows that immunosuppressed people have a similar level of protection after two doses of vaccine than that of the general population. I will admit, I cried. It was just the news I needed. Being immunosuppressed, there was always a worry that the vaccine might not work as well for me as for others, but there was always a hope that it would offer some if not the same protection. So whilst I always had thought it might, I never knew it would do for me what it will do for others. Now we know. As well as anyone can, and it feels much more like an end is possible. Maybe this summer will be a total disaster. Maybe some of the hopes I had for things to do and people to see and places to go will be another thing given up. But I look inward and know I I have what it takes to deal with it. And that comes not by following any one thought or feeling. Not by getting caught up in the white noise of it all. But by standing back finding a little gap and knowing that I am not my thoughts. I am the awareness of them and that is what lasts. 
So to call July 19th the end of this pandemic is ridiculous. To call it the end of restrictions may, in retrospect, also turn out to be quite wrong too in time. But it is the end of something, I suppose. And this week, to find the end to the thoughts and worries and realise that whatever is there at the end, once you step back, that is who I am. That doesn't mean the thoughts stop. They roll on like a pandemic without restrictions. But there is at least a little gap between us. Like a vaccine for the mind. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you've enjoyed it, you can follow the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or your podcast player of choice. You can find the podcast on social media at Life After Vax, V-A-X on Twitter and Instagram. And if you'd like to reach out for a more meaningful connection, you can drop me an email. Hi at LifeAfterVax.com Until next time. Thank you.